Good morning. Welcome to morning prayers. We will begin today's service with a responsive reading of Psalm 62, which can be found on page 31 in the Black Appleton Psalter. For God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly moved. For God alone my soul waits in silence, for my hope is from him. He is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my deliverance and my honor. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts before him. God is a refuge for us. Men of low estate are but a breath. Men of high estate are a delusion. In the balances they go up. They are together lighter than a breath. Put no confidence in extortion. Set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart on them. Once God has spoken, twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God. And that to be, O Lord, belongs steadfast love. For thou dost requite man according to his work.
This morning's lesson is taken from Psalm 147. Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for he is gracious and a song of praise is seemly. Music has always played an important role in the worship of God. References at the very beginning of the Bible, for example in the book of Numbers, are to songs sung by the entire house of Israel. By the time of the book of Chronicles and the description of the arrival of the Ark of the Covenant in Jerusalem, we have the first reference to the formation of a trained and official body of musicians to lead the worship, hereditarily the privilege of the house of Levi. In addition, the opening ceremonies of the Temple of Solomon were clearly a rather elaborate and sumptuous affair, trumpets, cymbals and singers uniting in praise, all rounded off with a lengthy sermon by King Solomon himself. The Psalms are full of instructions to sing to the Lord, or to make a joyful noise to the Lord, and since the earliest times, groups of worshippers have done exactly that. For the very act of singing a song of praise to God is not simply a commentary or a gloss on the surrounding worship, but is an act of worship in itself. One of the most extraordinary examples of the power of music in the Old Testament can be found in the first book of Samuel. Saul is troubled by evil spirits and calls upon David, who succeeds in exorcising them through his skill on the harp. Connections with secular mythology, particularly the Orpheus legend, a dramatic telling of which the Harvard University Choir will present next weekend, are evident, and indeed the passage prefigures the power of Christ himself, who particularly in the early days of Christianity was often depicted as a musician. W. H. Jordan's poem for St. Cecilia's Day contains the refrain, Blessed Cecilia, appear in visions to all musicians, appear and inspire. Translated daughter, come down and startle composing mortals with immortal fire. The notion of divine inspiration in the arts is not a new one, and its history lies in both the sacred and secular realms. Indeed, the legend of the patron saint of music herself is founded upon the fact that God put music in her heart, and through this music, she converted her pagan husband to Christianity. Central to this story is the fact that the music came from her heart, that it was an inner force emanating from the very core of her existence. And it is surely this inner radiance that gives music its therapeutic qualities, not so much for the listener, but for the performer. For music, and particularly communal music making, has long been a form of escapism from the hardships of everyday life for many underprivileged and oppressed people. Singing, particularly the Psalms, was the primary way in which Israel responded in worship to its various historical challenges, the Babylonian captivity and the flight from Egypt. Throughout centuries of struggle and oppression, my own people, the Welsh, have always found solace and comfort through song, and specifically through the rich harmonies of their sacred songs. The rousing strains of the chorus of this morning's hymn, the great Kumrhomba, really can transport the heart and the soul to a new dimension. The social origin of the African-American spiritual is perhaps the most pertinent example. Out of the suffering of the slaves, a song was born. For the singer can be silenced, but never the song. A song of freedom, a song of hope. I am particularly mindful of the importance of communal singing at the beginning of this festive Harvard University Choir reunion weekend, where over a hundred former U choristers will gather for a time of music-making, mirth and memory. I am delighted that my predecessor and mentor, Dr. Murray Forbes Somerville, is with us, and it is a great pleasure to have him here this morning to direct the Choral Fellows, an institution which he founded. For the experience of communal singing seems to me to be especially needed nowadays, in a society where one's relationship with Facebook is often deemed more important than genuine friendships. 
Professor Robert Putnam of Harvard's Kennedy School asserts that choral singing goes beyond music making and even beyond the arts, that performing within a group contributes directly to the social trust and reciprocity that is the basis of civil engagement and interaction. Indeed, the skills which choral singing fosters, individual responsibility, consideration of others around you, and an awareness of the greater whole, are not only valuable lessons, but essential ones for a healthy society. In Italo Calvino's seminal work, Invisible Cities, the aged emperor Kublai Khan converses with the Venetian traveller Marco Polo. In one famous passage, Marco Polo describes a bridge stone by stone. But which is the stone that supports the bridge, Kublai Khan asks. The bridge is not supported by one stone or another, Marco Polo answers, but by the line of the arch that they form. Kublai Khan remains silent, reflecting. Then he adds, why do you speak to me of the stones? It is only the arch that matters to me. Polo answers, without stones, there is no arch. As a parable relating to our purposes, the passage has multiple layers of meaning. That each one of us is a stone within the beautiful arch that is the Harvard University Choir, past, present, and future. That this choir is a stone within the arch of the worship in this memorial church. That this church is a stone in the arch of the global church today. And that the international church today is a stone in the arch of the eternal church. And yet, as Marco Polo points out, it all rests on each individual stone. For without the stones, there can be no arch. And lest we find all this rather too much of a burden, just remember that the only thing we need to do is to keep on singing. Sing enthusiastically, sing heartily, for it is by doing so that we become inextricably linked with the countless generations who have done exactly the same before us and will do so after us. As the closing line of this morning's hymn states, songs and praises I will ever give to thee, and thus it shall always be. Let us pray. O Lord God Almighty, whose glory cherubim and seraphim and all the hosts of heaven with ceaseless voice proclaim, hear and accept, we humbly pray, the praises of your church below, and pour down upon your ministers in choir and sanctuary such a spirit of faith, reverence and joy as shall lift both their hymns and their lives to you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. As you are able, please stand to sing from the Crimson Hymnal, the hymn, Guide Me, O Thou Great Jehovah, number 285.
May the Lord bless you and keep you. And may you be given the strength to accomplish the good works that have been given to you this day. Amen. Amen. Amen.